Now, just quickly recap what we have covered in the month of December. The month of December, we want to focus on peace. And then we have four various uh, speakers that address the topic for us. From how do we find peace in stressful time, to how we can have peace with one another, to how do we experience peace on earth, which was last week, our evangelistic event. And yesterday, we have uh, Pastor Kokon share with us how to respond to the peace of God. And today, I'd like to bring us to one aspect of peace. And that is why we can have peace for all time. The Lord led me to focus on this because when we know the why, it helps us to know all the how-tos. The why gives us the reason and the basis for all the how-tos. Now, the question is that, can we have peace for all time? Is that even possible? The answer is, yes if we focus on God. Uh, So let's pray and ask God to unpack the scripture for us today. Let's look to God together. Lord, we want to invite you to come right now to silence the voice of the world, silence the voice in our head and help us to only hear the voice of God so that, Lord, that we may be able to experience the peace that you want to give to us as we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, the Lord wants you to know you can have peace for all time. Why? Because God can give us peace. God is the source of all peace. And not only that, God wants you to know that He wants to give us peace. It is God's desire that every one of us can experience peace on earth. I will unpack that for us as we go along. The text today is taken from 2 Thessalonians. Let me share with you quickly the outline. There are altogether three chapters. Chapter 1 talks about the reality of persecution, meaning that there will be challenges to our faith. Chapter 2 talks about the reality of false teaching, meaning there will be confusion concerning our faith. And then finally, there will be reality of irresponsible members, talking about the conflicts among the faithful. Now, this is a second letter written by Paul to the, second, to the Thessalonians to address some of these issues. Because these issues could rob them of peace. Perhaps that's the reason why Paul started the letter and ended the letter with peace. Let me show you. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 1. Paul said this, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. After the normal greeting from the senders to the recipient, Paul immediately blessed them with grace and peace before he unpacked the subject of the challenges, the confusion and the conflicts. Then towards the last part of the letter, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 onwards, Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance, the Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is a distinguishing mark in every letter. This is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. See, Paul ended the letter with peace again. Right? To show us that peace is needed when we are facing issues such as challenges, conflicts, confusions. Now, what is peace? Allow me to just show you from 
the Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible. They define peace this way. Peace in the Bible refers to total well-being. Talks about prosperity, talks about security associated with God's presence among us. Uh, Linked to the Old Testament with the covenant, the presence of peace is God's gift to us by its condition upon Israel's obedience. In prophetic material, true peace is part of the end-time hope of God's salvation for us. In the New Testament, which is also the period that we are living in, we are living in this period of grace. This longed-for peace is understood as having come in Christ and is to be able to experience by faith. So peace is more than just feeling peaceful. Peace talks about wholesome blessing from God. This peace comes in the person of Christ and we can experience by faith, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Coming back to verse 16, right, the verse that you read earlier, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. This prayer is given to a church that is going through a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, all right, from uh, confusion, uh, sorry, from challenges to confusion to conflicts. And they need the peace. Peace is precisely needed when there are problems in our lives. Now, this is true for them. This is true for us as well. In fact, we have more seas than them. Right? They, have, they have challenges, they have uh, confusion, they have conflicts. We have more seas than that. We have COVID. Right? Not only that we have COVID, we have calamities. Just look at the flood in, in Malaysia. And of course, for some of us, we have to face with another sea, and that's the cancer, terminal sickness in our life. And precisely in moments like this, we need the peace of God. Precisely in moments where we, have, we don't have peace outside, we don't have peace inside, we need this prayer. We need God to answer this prayer for us. Now, I'd like you to know that this is not just an ordinary prayer for peace. All right, in our senior pastor's word, this is our Singaporean favorite prayer, the Paukaleo prayer for peace. All right, it is an all-encompassing kind of prayer for peace. Do you see how all-encompassing this is? Just to show you the three words, just to highlight for you. It says, continually. Now, what does continually mean? All the time. 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days. All the time, continuously. The other word is, in every circumstance. What is every circumstance? Every law. It means every situation in your life, whether it's got to do with your relationship with God, your relationship with one another, or your relationship within yourself, how you're feeling inside. In every circumstance, God wants to give you peace. Can I hear amen? All right. Not only in, in all time, not only is in all circumstance, it says you all, to all of us. God wants to give all of us peace. For some of us, you may feel that you, you're not worthy of God. You may feel that you're very far from God. But God wants you to know you are included in this prayer. This prayer covers all times. This prayer covers all situations. This prayer covers all of us. It is an all encompassing prayer of God that only the Lord of peace himself can give. 
This all-encompassing prayer of peace can only be fulfilled by the Lord of peace himself. Allow me to quote from a famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon, who otherwise also known as the Prince of Preacher. He said this about verse 16. I want to call particular attention to the Apostle's word in this place. He does not say, may the Lord of peace send his angel to give you peace. It were a great mercy if he did. Then he said, he does not even say, may the Lord of peace send his minister to give you peace. It, if he did, it might be as hap- we may be as happy as Abraham. But he says, the Lord of peace himself give you peace as if he alone in his own person could give peace, and as if his presence were the sole means of such divine peace as his desire. In other words, divine peace is only found in the person and the presence of the the Lord of peace himself, because only God is the source of all peace. And only the Lord of peace himself can give all of us such peace. But the question some of you may have is that, but pastor, how come I cannot experience this peace? How come I can't find this peace? I'd like to suggest to us that there are many reasons. Maybe one of the reasons is the problem of distraction. We are distracted. We are distracted from the Lord of peace himself. Let me illustrate this. Instead of seeing the rising sun, right? instead of seeing the rising sun coming up, we see this. It's a five-cent coin. For those of us who don't know, this is a Singaporean five-cent coin. How big is this five-cent coin? This big. Can you see the five-cent coin? And it's very small. Right? It's just it's small. And it represents the problems of our life. The problems of our life is small in relation to how big God is. Can I hear? Amen. Right? So it's just using that as a comparison. But when you put this coin, when you put this five cent coin close to your eye, what do you see? It blocks the surrounding. It blocks everything. And all that you can see is this five cent coin. And when that happens, it blocks us from the vision of God. And when he blocks us from the vision of God, he robs us of our peace. Let me, let me help you to experience this truth together. Can you see the Lord of peace? Yes? No? Can you see the Lord of peace in the, on the screen? Yes. Alright, so I'd like you to do this with me. Can you close your left eye? Right, close your left eye. Use your right eye to focus on the Lord of peace. Alright? Now as you do that, Leave out your right index finger, which is about the size of, your, of the five-cent coin, and bring it nearer to your right eye. All right, bring it nearer to your right eye. Can you still see the Lord of peace? You can't. This is exactly what happened to us in the spiritual realm. This is exactly what happened to us emotionally. When we allow the five-cent coin, when we allow the problems of our life to come too close to our vision, it blocks us from the vision of God. He robbed us of our peace. But some of us protest, Pastor, my problem is not 5 cent coin. My problem is 500 million cents. I understand. You see, the, the thing is that the moment you emphasize on the size of your problem, 
What happened? You are bringing the problem very close to yourself. And in so doing, you block yourself from seeing God. And when you block yourself from seeing God, you can't find peace. We need to be able to see God to see peace. And we need to be able to see God in order for us to experience peace. Right now, I just want to pause and play a video clip for you. It is about a baby bear all right, with Kuga. All right? And uh, this video clip shows us the little bear has no peace until he sees the father bear. All right, so I pass the uh, time to our video crew to play the video clip for us.
So what's the moral of the story? The baby bear is safe because of the father bear beside him. It doesn't matter how loud he shouted. You know, initially when he shouted and the, and the cougar left, he thought he because of the way he shouted. But the truth is because the cougar saw who stands behind him. In the same way, the devil may come at you, the, the populace may jump at you, the things of the world may come upon you, but until they see who stands behind you. So for some of us, we may feel like we have come to the end of the road. For some of us, we feel like we have fallen into the cold current of problems. For some of us, we may be wounded or bruised by the cougars of the world. But God wants you to know, you are still safe when you stay close to Jesus. When you stay close to God, you will always be protected. You will always have peace. But unlike this video clip, unlike this video clip, our Father God is always with us. Jesus is always with us because the name of Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But the problem, the issue for us is not never about God. It's, not, it's never about God being behind us or God with us. The problem with us is always because we have become distracted. We have allowed ourselves to be distracted by the problems in our life, by the problems that we magnify in our life. And as a result of that, it robs us of the peace of God in our life. And I'm not suggesting to us to ignore your problems. But I want to pay, I want to bring your attention that problems in and of themselves will rob you of peace. And then sometimes the problems in your life can make you feel helpless. And therefore, the priority for us to, is to focus on God. Because when you focus on God, you experience His peace, and therefore you'll find strength to deal with the problems in your life. And that's what I'm trying to bring us to. All right? And so what's the application for us? I want to encourage us to focus on God. How to experience peace in your life? Know that God can give you peace because God is the source of all peace. And the Lord of peace Himself is here today. He can give you peace, but you must focus on Him. And when you focus on Him, it will help to shift your problem aside. And because when you focus on God, the things of this world will become will pale in the comparison of the glory of God. So we must learn to focus on God. And let me just give you some other scripture to encourage us. The word of God says this, He will keep him in perfect peace. God wants to keep you in perfect peace. When? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The word of God tells us this, that you and I can have perfect peace. But how? We must trust in God. Our mind must stay on God. Our eyes must be focused on God. And when you do that, you can experience the perfect peace of God. So that's my encouragement to all of us. Let's learn to focus on Him. I know that some of us may be going through some storms in our life. Some of us may be going through some challenges in our lives. Let's learn to focus on God because it will help to shift your problem aside. Why you and I can have peace for all time? Because our God can give us peace. 
He's the source of all peace and He can give us peace. And when He does that, right, He will shift the problem aside. But the good news is, not only that God can give us peace, God wants to give us peace. Can I hear amen? Right? You can't sing, but you can agree with me, right? Well, the good news for us is not only that God can give us, but God wants to give us. Amen? Now, why is that important? Because if God can give you, but God does not want to give you, what happened? You, you still, Susano, you still don't get anything. But thanks be to God, we serve a God who not only can give us peace, but we serve a God who also wants to give us peace. And that's the God that we have today. And that's where we come back to the text. Verse, we finish verse 16, now we go to verse 17. Verse 17. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Now, what's a big deal about these few words? And that's where we need to go deeper to understand. Right? Because these few words, verse 17 and verse 18, communicate Paul's affection and Paul's authority. Now, why affection? Because by that time, right, Paul could not see or write properly. Right? His eyesight begin to has, uh, has been de- deteriorating throughout the, the years. So by that time, he needed a scribe, he needed a secretary to write down for him the inspiration that God has given to him. Right? So all that you, you have been reading has been translated, has been copied by the scribe, by the secretary that was beside him. But when it comes to the end of the letter, at verse 17 to verse 18, he told the, the scribe to stop and he took over the pen. And despite of his inability to see properly, all right, and his inability to write properly, he took pain to write verse 17 and verse 18 out. Why? To show the Thessalonians, you matter to me. You are special to me. Even though I can't see very well, even though I cannot write very well, I want to sign off this letter to tell you that you matter to me. That's the affection of Paul towards the Thessalonians. But not only that, from that we can all see the apostolic authorship. Right? So it helps us to see the authority of this letter. That it is written by Paul and therefore it carries certain authority. It is not like the fake news in chapter 2. Right? There's not enough time for me to go, to go into chapter 2 of Thessalonians, but you can read for yourself. There are some rumours going on and so forth. But Paul says that this letter is authentic, is signed, by me. Alright? So there is to help them to see that there is the apostolic authorship. Now why is apostolic authorship important? Because only apostolic authorship is recognized as scripture. And for, for the people around when there are many letters going around and for them to decide whether this is general letter or these are letters of God, Apostolic authorship is part of the criteria. And we pause that I sign this in my own hand. It affirms the apostolic authority. And once it is recognized as scripture, right, what it means is that verse 16 and 17 are inspired by God. And when it's inspired by God, it means that it is God's word for us. Now, 2 Peter affirmed this. 2 Peter 1.20 says this. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture 
no writing of Scripture, is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but man, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. What, what Scripture is trying to tell us is that verse 16, verse 17 are not written just by Paul's thinking, just by Paul's feeling for the people, but instead it is actually inspired by the Holy Spirit that moved Paul to write them down. Right? It is God's way of telling us that these words are inspired by God. And because it is inspired by God, you and I can claim it, you and I can pray over it, you and I can put our life on it because God's word will not fail. Amen? God's word will not fail. Meaning that verse 16 and 17 is ours to claim. We can believe it because it's God's word for us. And the Bible continues to encourage us that those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. The Word of God is important because when you take the Word of God seriously, when you love the Word of God, when you love the Scripture, when you love the law of God, what is the promise of God? You will have great peace. Not kacampute peace, not a small peace, but a great peace from God. And the great peace of God will protect you that nothing can cause you to stumble. And this in New Testament, and Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the word do, I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. God wants to give us peace, and the word of God confirms it. I, I trust that you can see by now that God really wants to give you peace. But why some of us cannot experience such peace? You've been hearing, yes, there are, four, there are five sermons by now that talks about the peace of God. But why you and I are still not able to experience the peace of God? I share with you one possible reason is the problem of distraction. We have been distracted. We allow the problems to become too big that rob us of the vision of God. Right now, I want to share with you a second problem. The second problem is the problem of preference. We have a certain preference of how peace should look like. We have a certain preference of how peace should be manifested. So allow me to share with you one example. All of us know Billy Graham, right? We know about Billy Graham, that he's the greatest evangelist of our time. And there was one particular incident that Billy Graham shared with uh, some of his uh, co-workers that happened to him. During one of the many evangelistic events, um, Billy Graham reached that place one day earlier. And because he was one day earlier, he decided to join the crowd to attend the event, just like every one of them. So he, he went in incognito. Nobody recognized him. And he sat among the people. So after the, the preachers had preached, and when the preacher gave the altar call, many people responded to the call to respond to Jesus. Many of them made their way down to the altar to give their life to Jesus. And, and as that was happening, the person beside Billy Graham was unmoved. And so Billy Graham, being an evangelist, decided to turn around and ask this man, 
uh, whether he's ready, whether he would like to go down. And Billy Graham offered, a, I will be very happy to walk down with you to respond to Jesus. And this man turned and looked at Billy Graham. And he was not able to recognize that was Billy Graham. And he said this to Billy Graham, Nah, I think I'll wait for the big gun comes tomorrow night. I'll wait for tomorrow when the big gun comes tomorrow night. When the big gun, when the Billy Graham is actually standing beside him, inviting him personally to respond to God then, then. And he said, Nah, I'll wait for tomorrow when the big gun comes. That's so true for some of us, isn't it? That God has given us His peace. But some of us, we, we are hoping that God will come, that the, the God will miraculously come and appear before you and give you your peace the way you want it. And when we do that, sometimes we, we limit what God can do for you. But when we have some preconceived ideas, it can block you from experiencing the peace of God. You see, the peace of God has already come. God has already given us his peace. 2,000 years ago, when he sent Jesus Christ to come on the Christmas night to give us his peace. 2,000 years ago, the Lord of peace has come to die for us so that you and I can have eternal peace with God Almighty. God has already come to give us his peace. What is required of us is to learn to receive this peace by faith. He has already given to us. The question is, are we willing to receive by faith and not allow the problem of preference to come in the way of the work of God? On the first Christmas, the angels and the multitudes of heavenly hosts declared to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. God came to give us peace. This is the clearest proof of the fact that God wants to give us peace. Say to your heart, God wants to give you peace. God wants to give me peace. Church, God wants to give us peace. Recently, God showed it to one of my cell members. And I'd like to read to you uh, my cell member encounter with God of peace. My cell member had a rough uh, year, 2021. And she wrote this to me as part of her reflection for the year. And, and this is what she wrote. Beside the strain of increased workload, I was drained emotionally because I felt discouraged by the events that happened to fellow Christians. You see, in June, my colleague Christian lost a child, lost a baby. This was her second miscarriage. Then in August, a very dear pastor contracted cancer. It was unthinkable. She has been ministering to people with cancer. How could this even happen? Then in September, a long-time friend, Habi, contracted cancer and passed away. Then in end of September, another friend in BPTC passed away. Despite much prayer lifted up for her, then in October, a cell member mother passed away despite our constant prayer for divine intervention. 
And she continued to say this, I was quite downcast and overwhelmed by all the above, meaning she was not experiencing peace. There was such a heavy load in my heart. Doubts about God began to creep in as I was wondering if he's actually hear all the prayers that are being lifted up to him and the desperate plea for his mercy. Then on the 23rd of October, 2021, the light of God broke through. I dreamt that I was attending a cell meeting. The cell leader asked me, what do you think God is doing in your life? I stood up and I replied, he wants to give me a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness and despair. Then she woke up. Then she, she said this, I, I woke up and I remember that it was a verse from Isaiah 61 verse 3. I felt so amazed. I felt so comforted that God Almighty knew the predicament that I was in and He personally bended over to speak to me, to lay hold of His promise that He's going to do something supernatural in me through these challenges. Isaiah 61 verse 3 will be my experience as I wait on Him by faith. God reached out to my cell member and gave her peace. God wants to do the same for all of us here. God wants to give us peace. We just need to learn to receive His peace by faith and surrender the preferences away. Surrender all the little preferences we have to God. What's the application for all of us? Focus on God. Focus on God by, as your act of faith. Choose to believe that when you focus on Him, you will find Him when you seek Him with all your hearts and surrender our preferences to God. Don't let our preferences come in the way of what God can do for you. Why we can have peace for all time? Because God can give us peace. He is the source of all peace. Why we can have peace for all time? Because God wants to give us peace. All right? God desires that you have peace. And all that is required of us is to learn to focus on God, to receive by faith. Let me just quickly summarize the application for all of us. There's only one application. Focus on God. Focus on God. Make time to focus on God. Some of us will say, Pastor, I've got no time. The truth is that we always make time for what is important for us. Make time to focus on God. Because when you make time to focus on God, you will experience the peace of God. How, what do you do when you make time for God? Three things. When you make time to focus on God, it will help to shift your problem. It will help you to surrender your preference and it will help you to stand on the promises of God. Just as some of you, you may be struggling with, with uh, uh, things in your life, you may be struggling with fear in your life. What does the Word of God tell us? Perfect love casts out all fear. And therefore, we need to stand on the promise of God. We need to get to know the Word of God. And so I want to encourage us, part of the focusing on the Lord is to focus on His Word, focus in worship, focus in prayer, and then the peace of God will come upon us. Let me end by sharing with you my own journey in discovering this peace. In August, my eyes were covered by this big coin. Cancer. 
My wife was diagnosed with early stage of cancer. And my world fell apart. And I knew that I, I know that some of you read my Facebook post and you're wondering what happened. This was what happened. I felt that the foundation was shaken. Suddenly there was a realization that the most secure relationship in my life has an expiry date. Actually, in truth, all relationship has an expiry date on earth. I could not take it initially. I've been married for more than 28 years, more than half my life. I could not imagine living my life without my wife. And the negative thoughts just flood my mind. All the what ifs. What if the operation failed? What if the treatment failed? What if, what if, all the worst case scenario just play out in my mind? All the worst case scenario. What about the children? What about the family? What about me? Then the Lord spoke to my soul. Focus on Christ and not on cancer. The Lord spoke to me. Child, put aside that five-cent coin of cancer. Focus on me. And when I tried to focus on Christ, it was not easy at first. But as I pressed on to focus on Jesus as the author and the finisher of my faith, as I focused on the one who caught my life, as I focused on the one who made me and formed me, as I focused on God, peace of God came. And come the storm within my heart. Four months have passed. We are still learning to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Joe had completed the surgery and started her chemotherapy. But the side effects are hitting her very hard. There are bodily discomfort every night, hot flushes, sore throat, headache, lack of sleep, and so on and so on. But I must say that my wife is a brave person. She's managing it much better than me. Senior pastor like to tease that I'm the more emotional one. There's a constant need for me to focus on him and not on the side effect and not on the storm. I realize that when I shift my eyes from Christ and start to look at the side effect and to start to look at the problems, fear will creep back into my heart to steal my peace. I must intentionally and consistently focus on Christ. And when I do, I feel His peace again. And with His peace, I see the grace of God in my life. I see how God scheduled my children's work schedule such that my children could be at home when needed. I see how God intervened into my, my need to look for a helper for my family and how God provided a helper despite of the COVID uh, restriction. Then I saw how God led many of you, many of you who came alongside to pray for us, who provided resources, who provided help for us, for which we are very thankful to all the big petitions who have come forward. And we thank God for you. When I focus on Christ, I feel His peace. I experience His peace. And it helps me to shift my problem 
It helps me to surrender my preference and it helps me to stand on the promises of God. When we focus on Christ, we can experience His peace. And today the Lord led me to share this personal disclosure to you because in my prayer for this service, I sense that there are some of us who are walking in the midst of the storm right now. You are in the midst of some problems right now. And God wants you to know, just as He has given me peace, He wants to give you peace. But we must make time. We must make time to focus on Christ. This is what I like to do now. I like to pass the time to Yuling to lead us in this song that reminds us to turn our eyes to Jesus. And whether you are watching from home or you are on site, I want to encourage all of us, take this time to focus our eyes on Jesus. Don't focus on your storm. The storm is here, we know, but focus on Christ. Because when you focus on the Lord, the song says this, that the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And that's what we need. We need to have a right perspective of how big our God is who can help us to deal with the smallness of our problems.